welcome to Keeping Athena Company. My name is Athena Kavenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and podcaster, and a parent. And I love being a parent, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's just how it is. My child can't speak, so I get a little bit bored. So every now and again, I invite a friend round to keep my company. And today, I welcome Ooh. into my mum's kitchen, Ariel Suma. Yeah, that's welcome. me. Wow. Thanks for coming from north to south London. Seriously. No, from, yeah, from south to north London, I should say. So yes. You make you made it. Yeah, I don't understand why people live north. <laughs> should we all live south <laughs> on top of each other? Is that how it is? We should all live in South London and eat Wally's chicken. Uh, at least uh, people should come in middle way, you know. Well, that, that's true. Unfortunately, the concept of the podcast means that it, that's why I called it yes. in a company, so I, know I wouldn't have to leave the house. But you made it. Is it I the first it. time in this area? Um, no, I've been to High Barnet or, you know, as a comedian. Yeah, that's uh, You go all over. And did they, did, they under, did they find you funny in High Barnet as somebody who's in South London? Um, they find me funny. Some, Good. there is one, one, one open mic I was headlining. I was a bit too, too rough, let's say. Too for rough. Their, no, let's talk for about For their this. test. So what is it about your comedy that you might think might be too rough for some people? I think the whole set that I wrote was about uh, immigration things. Right. And they were not really down to it. Maybe because of their poor knowledge of it. Poor knowledge. And it's like Barnet. I was brought up in Barnet. It's quite a conservative area. Mm. You know, like the whole borough is quite conservative. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, um, yeah, I think they couldn't understand. Therefore, they cannot laugh at it. Yeah, because they don't have the knowledge. Exactly. So, so do you like to talk about politics in your comedy? Because I like to talk about politics yeah. in my comedy. Um, no. 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 <laughs> it's not. Uh, politics is not for me. I don't. Uh, it's not that I don't understand it. Um, it's just too much work, too much, um, like, it's like a game. Yeah. You're playing with people's life and I don't like it. For me, it's, life is quite, should be quite simple. Yeah. There's money somewhere. We need the money somewhere else. Let's move that money there. That's right. Yeah. Simple. But now there's some greedy people who just want to take it all. And I'd like, I don't understand. I would say that makes you very progressive because rather than saying I'm politically like socialist or this or that, you're just saying solve problems. Use the money, spend it on the people who need it. Um, exactly. Just like keep it, what you're trying to achieve, well, how can we achieve it? Why align ourselves with the politics? Would that be correct? Exactly. And why not changing the, the laws to benefit everyone? I mean, we know all those greedy people that are ruling the country. Yeah. I mean, we, we voted for those people to be representing us, but at the end of the day, nothing really happens. Um, and I think there should be proper laws to uh, like people who who uh, turn out money, you know, uh, how do you call it? Sorry, I'm French people, I'll just remind <laughs> you. Um, you know, steam money. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, like uh, tax evaders. Tax evader. Yeah. Right, what do they got? Like six months, four months, one, two years. Yeah, those kind of nonsense. They don't, they don't even have to give back the money, right? But a poor drug dealer who's already struggling mm. is going to get 15 years his life is finished, but this guy who's been stealing millions so, can be voted president or, you know, prime minister. It's just mad. Makes me angry. And this a, is ridiculous. It's a class thing too. So if you're lower work, if you're working class, you do what's considered working class crime. You get to pay a higher penalty. Whereas if you do what, like an upper class crime, which is, in fact, 
the way the law works, it allows you to do things that should be illegal, but legally. So, for example, like tax loopholes, for example. So, like, Amazon and the people who own Amazon should not be free to roam the world. They should be in jail. They don't pay any taxes. They make billions and billions of pounds. They don't pay taxes, but the law is written so they don't have to. Whereas the law isn't written to people like us that have to pay taxes. There's no loophole that someone on 25k a year can can apply to stop paying their pay as you earn, you know. But if all of a sudden you start a business and it generates three billion pounds of revenue guess what there's laws that help you so it's all set up to to the benefit of incredibly wealthy people that's why i don't like i don't like uh i don't like uh, politics i find it too sad i find it too sad i am not to joke about i don't think i've got the skill or maybe i don't have the skill yet yeah to to joke about it maybe i tend it's very hard for me to joke about something that really makes me sad and angry because yeah. I have to pass this feeling first yeah, and then talk about it. But if I start, there's a lot of process for me to, I've got some vulnerability inside me that I cannot allow myself to yeah. be down. Right. You know, because... You have to be happy. You want to be happy. Not happy. I'm not, je- no, <laughs> I'm not no, the I'm happy, just... happy person. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be the depressed person. I don't want to be angry. Because I know myself when I was angry at everything. Yeah. That was bad. Was that was that in your life you were angry as well? Or just in your comedy? Oh, in my life. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Actually, let's make this positive. What made you happy? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> what made you happy? Um, Should I tell you what makes me happy? What makes you happy? Um, plantain. Okay. Yeah, that makes me happy. It's that simple. Um, I'll tell you something that makes me happy, right? This is crazy. When I pick up... See, that she likes plantain. Do you like it? <laughs> yeah. So, this is what makes me happy, right? So, um, my baby's 10 months old now, so she's kind of old enough to grab and got long arms now, mm. baby. So, what makes me happy is when I pick her up, she can hug. So she squeezes you, and then she does this thing where she just flops her head on your chest. They uh, invent a drug for that feeling, and then like injecting people's veins. It's so cute. That makes, so that's what makes me happy. So normally, so sometimes you pick her up and she kicks you, you know. But every now and again, you'll pick her up and she'll just hug you and just rest her head on you, and you think, "Oh my god, that's so cute." So that makes me happy. Good weather. Yes, I agree. Good weather is nice, but you know, I don't complain when it's too hot because hey, it's just for a few days. This is the last day. Of 30 degrees. After that's going to go drop to 24, 23. Oh, God. So I never complain because it could it could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah, good weather makes me happy. Holidays make me happy. I love oh, holidays. I love holidays. When was the last holiday you went on? You're a very positive person. You find happiness everywhere. I found happiness. You have to. Because otherwise... Because I was a bit like you, actually. For a long time, I was very unhappy. For a long time. For all kinds of reasons. Um, and I spent and I think I've spoken about this in another podcast I think sort of 10 years ago maybe even more recently than that we didn't really have the lexicon for like unhappiness or depression we were just kind of wandering around like zombies maybe drinking too much maybe not going out and we didn't really have like anybody talking about mental health or anxiety and stuff like that so if I was behaving um, now as I behaved 10, 15 years ago, people would have said to Athena, you got, you got problems. But whereas before, it just wasn't spoken about or understood. So I think now I find a lot of happiness in things because I'm like, do you know what I've done? I've shunned materialism. I don't think about physical objects. And I don't oh. think about the acquisition of wealth anymore. Okay. I, I don't think of it as well. Um, I'm fine. I'm not looking for wealth or whatever. I'm looking for happiness and yeah. content, you know? Basically, it's friends, family... Uh, try not to be too broke, obviously. Yeah. Uh, just be normal, not missing anything, but 
you know, trying to... I always say um, that you don't... All you need in life is security. And by that, I mean, you know, do you have somewhere to warm, to sleep, that a place that you're comfortable in? You know, do you have people around you? Do, can you, you know, I can get up in the morning, put food in my mouth, cook food. Exactly. I can leave the house, I can buy a coffee and a six-pack of Cornettos from Iceland. You know, I can... So what... Everything I get that's above and beyond what I have now is a bonus. And it puts... You know, we're already in the top 10% of the world population in terms mm. of what we have. And so when I realised that, I instantly became happier. Now, I only do things if they make me happy. I don't have to do a job I hate anymore. Because I have most things, you know. I, I was lucky enough to work a good job. I was lucky enough to get good qualifications and get degrees and stuff. So that's why I'm happy. Cause, and also, I have a balance as well. And when I feel unhappy, I know it will pass. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, like there's a feeling in my brain, like almost like it's in a vice. But I know it will pass. It's no, it's probably PMT or something, you know? Yes. Now I'm quite happy, especially as a comedian. I, I, I see around me, you know, a lot of them talking about uh, mental health and all those things. I'm like, wow, this is serious. Yeah. And uh, I don't have this. Obviously, sometimes I feel a bit down yeah. and depressed, but I would never really diagnose myself with uh, depression yeah. because... M- it's a kind of a blessing also. A problem with me, I'm very controlling. You're controlling? I, I control my environment. I would not go into somewhere, a place that is too big. I cannot control. Like carnival, I cannot deal with that. Well, yeah. Uh, it's too much. You know, if something happened, maybe because I'm a mom now, and if something happened, yeah. what happened to my son? You know what I mean? It's yeah. not about my life anymore. You know? Like, when you got a child, it's just now, like yeah, how a little thing change. How He's 22. He's 22. But yeah. still needs me for, not just for money, but, <laughs> you know, I need to be there to tell him, you know, do the washing up, be a man. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's not my life anymore. Just crossing the road like a mad person, like my son does. Yeah. I used to do that. Yeah. Because my life was my own. My life doesn't belong to me anymore. Yeah. So I have to be careful with that. So I'm really controlling that. The only thing I cannot control is my food. <laughs> this, I'm totally weak on food. Okay. I am so what do you bad. Mean? Do you mean you love eating food? I, I've got no control. Somehow my brain got melts. It's just like, I know I shouldn't eat that, but I eat it. I know I should stop eating, but I keep on eating. I know I am snacking and I should... You know, this little trigger, yeah. obviously, is... is Conscious and I'm aware of it now. I wasn't aware of it when I'm young, when I was younger. Yeah. But I need to control it now. Would you call it a compulsion? Yes. A compulsion. Compulsion. Have, have, you always, have you always had it? I think it, around 12 years old or something. Always been, you know, big and then slim down and yeah. big and slim down. But no one really in my family, no one controlled my food. And I was a bit upset. Yeah. With that. And then, you know, in, you're 43. You in hindsight, you look back and you think... Yes, oh, they should have do something. Yeah. But then I'm 43. Am I, how long am I going to go on with this excuse? Yeah. You know what I mean? My mama, my mama didn't tell me. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm trying to take control now. Bloody hell. In what ways are you taking control? Okay. Um, I had tea right yeah. now instead of, uh, I don't know, any... Uh, any juice or oh, something like that. Oh, I see. Like so that. you're choosing, you're making better food choices. Yes, and yeah. also I had a gastric bypass, which kind of uh, policed me. Talk, let's talk. Would you, can we talk about that? Yeah, that's fine. So when did you do that? 
last March, actually. March Is that last, 14th. Last, last, yes, I last March. I haven't seen it for ages. I know. I know. Okay. And I imagine it was a procedure you might be might have been nervous about having. Yeah, it's nervous because you, you're on the table, you're nearly naked, and everyone's going to look at your body. <laughs> no, it's, it's because, again... There is 0.1% something can go wrong. It's yeah. like any operation. Yeah. So always that 0.1%, like, you know, I might die. What about my son? It's always the same principle. So before the operation, I I, I got all my things together, my insurance and everything. I took my son and said, this is it. This blue folder is this cold in case shit happened folder. All right. So you got everything in there. My insurance, you contact them. Maybe a bit too practical, but, you know, when someone is grieving, he's not going to think about all this. Mm. And I paid insurance. He better get the money. <laughs> Pay off the mortgage, right? Yep. I, I have life insurance now. and I do think about faking my death. How, how hard can it be? Just climb a mountain and disappear. No idea. I think you need to know people yeah. to give you a new identity and everything. But, yeah, I got life. One of the first things I did when my, my child was born was get life insurance. Yes. So you had the bypass. Was that, like, the last... Resort. Had you tried everything Yes, yeah. I, I, I did try, you know, I did lose weight before and then put it back because of the triggers that keep on happening to yeah. me. Like I'm stressed, I'm sad or whatever, I will start eating, you know. And uh, cake tastes better than fruit for me. <laughs> It's just... It's, well, it obviously does, because we have a massive problem and we're all eating. Yeah, it's just like, you know, sugar is more addictive than anything, cocaine or whatever. It's more addictive. And people don't take it. They don't take it seriously. They say, oh, you're fat, just stop eating and go to the gym. No, it's serious. It is serious. And I take the you, if somebody was anorexic, you wouldn't just say start eating no you know, or if somebody um, had a drug addiction or you know smoking they get or drug, yeah you wouldn't say to stop doing it and it's the same with food especially because the food industry industry is really corrupt and it invents foods that are designed to not satiate us so we live in a world where someone uh, i use this example all the time so coca-cola is designed to keep you thirsty all soft drinks keep you thirsty. It's true. They are designed... They're full of... Um, they're full of sugar, so you process them quickly. They're full of, they were used to be full of caffeine, which is a diuretic. It makes you urinate. And they used to have a small amount of salt, which obviously dehydrates you. And the whole point of it is, like, it tastes good and it will satiate you only whilst you're drinking it. And, rest, and then once you finish, you're thirsty again. And it's actually true for all fizzy drinks. And when they remove the caffeine, when they remove the salt, they replace them with artificial ingredients that have the same impact. Um, and once I learned that, I was like, in order for us to take control of what we eat, we have to learn how what we eat is corrupted. That makes sense. Yeah, but even learning about it when you it's got compulsion, yeah. it doesn't matter what's in there. It yeah. tastes good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really takes a strong will to start changing everything. Yeah. And, you know, and for someone who's not a health, uh, <laughs> you know, focused thing, it's very hard. So I start little. Very little. And this operation really policed my body. Yeah. And forced me to like, you know what? If you have one more, one more spoon of food, you're going to have diarrhea. It's up to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's not fun. Let, let me, <laughs> let me tell my, my listeners how dedicated you are. I offered you fried plantain and you said you have to boil it. I was like, that's deep. Having said that, boiled plantain is really great. Yeah, I like it. But because yeah. I cannot handle grease. Yeah. Before I will go for it because it tastes better, mm. but now my body is like, 
You know, I'm not in my home. I don't want to be spoiling your toilet upstairs. <laughs> I have a baby. You can't spoil that toilet any worse than what this child does in her nappy. Right? Mm. It wouldn't be no problem. So what do you miss? Oh, pizza. Pizza, I cannot handle pizza. Yeah. I will eat it. I will eat a, a slice or two. Yeah. But then the consequences are really <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful. Yeah. So, uh, oh, pizza, yeah. But I'm quite lucky because I can handle bread. Some uh, different for people. Some people cannot eat bread. Yeah. French girl can't eat bread. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> so that's I can't like, eat bread. That's like taking out your soul, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, um, Nutella. This is a killer for me. You can't have it. It's too rich. I can't yeah. have Nutella. It's... <sighs> <laughs> it's, it's bad I'm sorry if it's any consolation I'll tell it's just sugar I know but that doesn't help me I know it's sugar it's just sugar I know I know it's rubbish but oh, it, it was so lovely mm. Do you, is there anything you've discovered now that you wouldn't have eaten before but you like it now no um, not really I mean tea I, I wasn't drinking tea before mm. so it's quite good oh, I, I kind of like it time. I've always got the kettle on I drink Black tea, green tea, peppermint tea, Earl Grey, chamomile. There's something about boiling water and having things. I find it quite relaxing. It's a procrastination thing as well. So if I'm stuck on something, I'll just put my laptop down, go in the kitchen, make a cup of tea. It's a very British thing. Okay. Yeah. I it's like a nabbit, isn't it? It's very much a habit. So when you said, oh, I'll have a cup of tea, I was like, I love. I just had one, but I think I'll have another one. Yeah. I could drink tea all day. I don't want to become British, guys. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> How long have you been in the UK for? Uh, 24, 25 and years. And why do you not want to become British? Because I think I'm losing my soul a bit, my joie de vivre. Your joie de vivre? Yeah, I yeah. used to be more Pourquoi? outgoing. Uh, I used to talk to random people. Because I think the British get offended so much. And I'm in that point in my life, I don't want to offend people. I just get on with my life. You don't get me, I move on. Before we force people to talk to me, yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I enjoy... Um, seeing the way they react, the, fa- the fact that they feel uncomfortable. Right. But yet, they could either warm to me or, or not. Yes. But, you know, it's kind of an experience for both parts. It is very true that British people are reserved. And I would say, well, I think it's different because, are you Parisian? Yes, kind of. Because, yeah. are you like, when you say kind of? Well, uh, more the South Southern. Okay. But uh, Paris is my city, yeah. Because there's... A reputation that Parisians have. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> of, yeah, of being quite brash. Yes, <laughs> I've, we I, are. I, uh, yeah, I've been to Paris a few times and I always come away thinking, yeah, they're quite harsh people. <laughs> the, we are. When I came to this country, I was like, wow, proper aggressive. It took me time, right, to be a bit less aggressive. But I learned that the British are so different compared to the French. The friendship is very different. Their friendship is not as deep as the French because the French got less barrier than the British less barrier a gate oh barrier right barrier of so <laughs> barrier that's how that's how the English say it barrier, barrier. <laughs> I love <laughs> barrier <laughs> barrier than the so it's like friendship I was friends with someone I thought we were a friend and when we friend in France you tease about everything because you're close yeah you know what I mean but they would get upset and they would really say, oh, you don't like me. I'm like, no, that's the point, you know? So it's like a cultural difference. Exactly. It's just so I'm, yeah. I'm like, wow, we are so different. I can't go there. Yeah. And if I can't be myself around you, then we cannot be friends. 
Did you find it hard when you came to the UK then for that? Uh, I was 18, so I didn't care when I was 18. <laughs> I'll find you, move on. It was totally different, you know. But as I grow older, I do miss my friends because yes. my friends are for life and I am very truthful to my friend. I've got their back. Doesn't mean that I will lie for them. I don't lie. Yeah. That's a problem with me, but they will know. Yeah. You know, they will know. So that's why they will come to me with a problem. I'll tell them stress because Pure I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not biased. It's not because you're my friend. That I'm going to yeah. agree with you. Yeah. You know, and that's it. So it's like, but I've got your back still, even if I don't agree with you, except if you committed murder, there's some limit <laughs> to my friendship. You know, yeah. I'll be there for you when you're in jail, but I will not lie for you'll your come, ass. You'll come visit. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. it's just me popping up in the middle of this podcast to remind you that there are still tickets available to Library Laughs, a comedy show that I'm putting on on the 16th of October. It's in London, so if you can't get to London, I'm sorry about that. I've got one listener in New Zealand, so sorry about that. But for the rest of you, you can get to it. Do think about coming along. I'm raising money for an amazing library project in Ghana that, um, hello, um, my child is singing um i'm raising money for an amazing project in ghana um it does so much to uh, improve literacy and uh instill creativity in young people i think it's great uh, you can read more about it in the, the tickets are available if i've done an amazing job selling it. <laughs> if i've done an amazing job selling it during this little ad break and i think i have uh, you can go straight to the website the website is Quiet. The, dub, the website is www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash library laughs. I'll say that again www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash library laughs. But check out my social media feed for more information. Check out the description of this podcast for more links. Um, and let's get back to Ariel. The French love to flirt. That's, it's, I don't know, it's like a gymnastic of yeah. the mind, you know? It's, I think it's fun, right? The British, oh, please, I miss this. Maybe that's why I've got a problem also with getting on with men in this country. Where is the flirting? Right. You know, lie to me. This you want, I know you just want to sleep with me, but, you know, make some Play effort. The game. You Play know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But everything was in the music also back in the days. You know what I mean? There was some flirting when you were listening to it. Yeah. Now it's just like, we go to the club, put your... You know, uh, yeah, you ask on my dick, and yeah. you, I'm like, oh, wow. So what brought you to the UK when you were 18 years old? Oh, um, I studied languages. I was good at it, right? Yes. And I'm like, oh, so English, Italian, Spanish, and French. Okay. And uh, I wanted to improve my English. My writing was good. And uh, yeah, so just for improve my English, and then I went to London. And in my son's world, but went, wow, black people got proper jobs <laughs> in France is not happening it's starting now but even they're so, so the, backwards the racism is worse in France yes the racism is more open yes. which is kind of the French way it's like a, I, I appreciate it in a way like we know, you, we're honest. racist yeah, yeah it's honest we're racist and uh, this is your choice to be here yeah. the British they are racist but they love money more than their racism, right. you know? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The value is different. So, so it's like, okay, I can make money out of you. I'll pay you and whatever, but still don't like you, but it doesn't matter. You still make a home for you, you know, whatever. Yeah. The, the French know. If the economy go down, they don't care. They stick to racism. <laughs> they like not go down. Exactly. So it was just like, wow, there's black people on TV. 
Wow. And we're talking 25 years ago. Yeah, because we would complain about how things were 25 years ago. But I you're know. here saying, this is amazing. You've, we've got Andy Peters and... Um, uh, you had the Desmond when I was in this country. Yes, we had Desmonds, yeah. So no way, this mind. never happened in France. No. You we don't have that. Who was that? No. Coiffeur. Coiffeur. Sorry, the same way your accent in English is like French, my accent in French is English. <laughs> I yeah. speak the worst French. So. I'm sticking to my accent. I don't need the British accent. No, you don't. You should stick with your accent. Yeah, and some words so, are so French, so why would I pronounce it in French? Exactly. In English. Exactly. So you don't, you don't go prêt à manger. <laughs> oh, what is that? Prêt à manger. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, please. <laughs> Just no, don't <laughs> say it properly. Um, okay, so you stayed. So you you stayed because you felt like it was easy to be a black person here. Is that? A- yeah, because remember, I mean, they can't see me here, but I'm a I'm a big black woman. Yeah. And the French are not big, so anything over size fourteen, you're obese. Wow. Okay. All right. So and also, everyone needs to conform. Right. In France, everyone's got the same clothes, the same way of doing their hair. Everything is the same. I was 18. Call me a rebel. I don't think I was, but apparently I was a bit of a rebel. I had black lipstick with red, uh, a bit much for the <laughs> That's French. That's quite rebellious. I don't really know my black family, right? Yeah. So it's basically my white family. Yeah. They're not racist. You know why people, they're not racist, right? But they say some racist shit. And you just sit there like, you know, that's racist. No, no. It was, when was it? After Christmas, right? So we're talking about something. And out of nowhere, uh, this, uh, my uh, someone from my family goes and say, oh, yeah, black people don't wear shoes. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> No, black people don't wear shoes. Like, that's racist. You know that. That's racist, yeah. It's like, no, it's just like saying it's a stereotype. Like, what kind of stereotype? I never heard that stereotype. Now, you say black people are always late. That's a stereotype. Oh, uh, white, you know, the French are uh, symbolized with the beret and the French baguette. Okay. But black people don't wear shoes. Where's that? Oh, but ask your auntie. She's been to Kenya. She's been to a village where they don't have money to buy shoes. Yes. But black people wear shoes. What the? Exactly. But they don't understand that is racism. They don't understand, and that's totally true. And that's that's the worst kind of racism because it's like I went to a village in Kenya, and there were some black people. Like, yeah, because Africa is a black continent. Do you know what I mean? And how can you associate the people you meet in Kenya in that village with a bunch of black people who might live in Paris or London? Seriously, you know? I could yeah. go like white people wear flip flop and sit on on dirty floor because you see that everywhere in London. Like, what is wrong with you, girl? You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Don't you see some people have been spitting on the floor and you're sitting there I mean yeah. come on I always find it I've seen people sit on the floor of like tube carriages yeah and I'm like that's really and why people do crazy things like I went on the tube of that and a man came on and he was just wearing sort of speedos and he was barefoot and I was just like this is you know, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's, but yeah. that's one of the bit I love London also no one judge. I mean we judge but we don't say nothing <laughs> right but uh, in Paris, you must be joking. You can't do that. We, no. I mean, people are quite vocal in Paris, right? They will tell you of like, seriously, crazy. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think we need to do more of that in London, to be fair. Yeah. I think we need to get some Parisians on the Eurostar to London and start to teach us how to, how to behave this way. Because it's starting to get a bit unacceptable. But what I've realised is people are doing it because they want to get internet famous. So they think, I think, I was looking at this guy and I was like, you want someone to film you. 
and put it on like Instagram stories. There's no, there's no way. I think I've seen him on Facebook. I, it, I wouldn't be surprised. There was no way that you're running around the tube network with just your, you know, speedos and you know, and your rucksack and. And it else. should be forbidden. I'm sorry. It's that should that be forbidden. Yeah, you know, you sit, you, that you're sweating, you sit yeah. on a chair, and then you go, you read some stuff about black black women as to wear a certain kind of hair and it's like this guy is half naked on the tube are you serious yeah. you know yeah, it's, <laughs> out, it's outrageous is there anything about so london is um full of outrageous people and paris is full of honest people is yeah. there anything about paris you were glad to leave behind Oh, I love Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I left it when I was young. So it was party and everything. Yeah. Uh, no night buses and that. I mean, London is great for that thing. You know what I mean? You have to wait six o'clock to get YouTube. Crazy. <laughs> but no, I love Paris. Yeah. Do you visit often? I go and see my family. Yeah. Yes. But what I don't like, they're very backward in thinking and also uh, IT. Yeah. Uh, you come out of uh, Eurostar, Gardino, you know, and you go and buy your ticket for tube or another train. And it's an international station. There should be at least 10 cashiers there. Yeah. There's one. One. And you work in transport, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I like your Facebook updates on your stories because you do expose how stupid people are and how rude they are. Yes, they are mad. Yeah. Totally mad. Last one, I didn't put it on Facebook because I was just shocked and I had other things to do. But this young woman, right, she's like 20 years old, quite trendy and everything. And she comes in, she get off from the one of the last trains. It's like, oh, where's the, how do I get to the F this uh, to Crichton? And she saw my face because unfortunately, I hardly controlled my face expression. <laughs> so... What's and, in your mind is on your face. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's very hard to control. And uh, then she, she showed my face, so she changed her speech. So she's removed the swearing. And, uh, okay, how can I get to West Crichton, please? So, okay, I checked. And I'm like, sorry, there's no more train. That's it. You, you, you're on your own on this one. Take a bus or go to another station for the tram. I said, okay, no problem. She get off. She come back. Three minutes later, it's like, oh, how do I get out? All right. I have to explain my station is a very small station, okay? There's, it's not Clapham Junction, like 10, uh, you know, a platform. It's only two platforms, and it's quite easy to get out, right? I look at her and I ask her, seriously? <laughs> There's a door here, just the first three steps, and this is the way out. I mean, wow. Wow. On, on that, I would say that you can take Ariel out of Paris, but you can't take the Paris out. <laughs> because some people, some people have been like, it's that way. You're like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> no, because there is a level of customer service and the level, you know, I mean, you need to help yourself. You shouldn't even be out. This is madness. And I mean, the problem is this society is like they're helping people that normally, you know, uh, the nature wouldn't have allowed them to survive. Yeah, evolution would have gotten exactly yeah, yeah. because this is just ridiculous. Okay, that ridiculous. She'd still be in that station <laughs> trying to find her way out. You know, <laughs> she shouldn't. You shouldn't have told her anything. She should be living there right now. This is no. I can't. There is. You know. There's. I can't help people who want to be helped. Yeah. But if you don't want to be helped, man, you're on your own. I mean, you need God at this point. <laughs> you know. What I mean, this lady also. She came. Like, oh, I'm supposed. She got a Google. And like, oh, I'm supposed to, what am I supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you got your Google. 
<laughs> that's the point of it, isn't it? Like, it looks like you have to take a bus. Oh, but where is the bus? Hey, look, you click that and the map come up. It tells you where the bus is. And I said, I read it properly. Oh, you are the, at the trolley. You are the wrong station. <laughs> and I said, oh, but Google said, no, no. Anyway, it didn't, but never mind. So now I'll give you three options because she was very nervous. She has to go somewhere very important. It's like either you go to the next station and then walk or take your bus, or you go and take a bus from here to change to the next station, or you walk to the next station, because the next one is within 20 minutes, or you can just stay there and keep on complaining. Yeah, get on with your life, woman. I told her that, actually. Get on with it. Crying, I can't help you. Have you ever thought about getting into life coaching? Um, You know, I would be great. You would be great because of the directness and also... It, sometimes someone asks a question but they already know the answer yes right? it's true and you'd be really good for saying to someone why are you here when you already know what you're supposed to be doing exactly you know? I did I did think about it I, I helped one of my my son's friend I was just passing by I said oh Jordan's mum because when you're mum that's, that's got no identity anymore yeah okay and uh so I said, what are you up to now? So, oh, I'm, I wonder if I go uni or he's doing something like uh, sport coaching, but I've got some offers to work. And he, I let him talk, you know, and direct him into question. And then he said, oh, I don't know what to do. And I look at him and say, well, you know what you want to do. You just told me. So get on with it. Wow. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. So that's it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not the, someone who's going to tell you what to do. Yeah. You need to find out your way. Just remove what you don't like and make sure you know what you're doing. Because I don't want to be responsible for your action. Yeah, but it sounds like you changed his life in the short term at least, and maybe long term. Well, I help him out, you yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes you're too confused. Well, it was like the universe wanted you to meet at that time. Yeah. Do you believe in fate? I think yes and no. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like my life, maybe when I get a bit down... I'm just here to help people on their way, but there's nothing for me. You see what I mean? That's quite sad. So you think it is very sad. The purpose is to assist, but not maybe to yeah, your dream. I feel like all I do is helping people and there's nothing happening. What What would you like to happen now in your life that would make you think this has been a great day? This is the email I wanted to receive. This is the phone call. You I know, I, I, I want to be happy either by comedy or something. Yeah. Um, and also I would like to have love. I've got so much to give. Yeah. So you basically need someone who is like going to give you what you deserve. Yeah. Cause I deserve it. And I know I deserve it. I'm not this kind of uh, people, especially when you're big, they expect, you know, to be happy with what you got, you know, like, oh, you should say thank you. I look oh, at that you. Awful you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, when you look at me, you know, I'm not this kind of girl anyway. Yeah. So I know who I am and I know I'm great. Yeah. But I, I, I know I can give you everything, but I want something back. Well, I think you're right to not only hold out for that, but expect it. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're great. That's why you're in my mama's kitchen. Because not everybody comes here. This is a special place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to end that there, really. Um, I'm gonna, I know. On that note, on a note saying, guys... Should we make this the Ariel Sumer Dating Agency? I've got four subscribers. One of them might be a hot guy, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, if he likes big girl... Big, big French girls, big, big French, Parisian, hilarious, beautiful women. This, yeah. I've got one right here in front of me. Exactly, and yeah. I'm hot and dirty. And she doesn't eat fried plantains, so you can have it all to yourself, which is <laughs> amazing. I'd love it if my <laughs> wife didn't eat fried plantains. Stop eating mine. 
Yes. Ariel, anything you want to tell people about anything, anywhere you're performing or... Um... I'll just look on my website, uh, Suma. Uh, update it when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, come and see me on stage, man. I'm very good. See Ariel, she's um, a powerhouse of a comedian. I think she's great. Thanks for coming. Thank you. So that was Ariel Suma. Thank you so much, Ariel, for coming down. Guys, you have to see this person perform stand-up comedy live and in the flesh. She's like a tornado. She's a force to be reckoned with. So funny. So pleased she found the time to come by and keep my company. Um, I'm also really pleased that we had boiled plantain because all this fried plantain is actually not doing my arteries any good at all. So appreciate uh, the health check. And thank you, Ariel, again. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, do what you normally do with podcasts you enjoy, like, share, tell your friends, comment. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So you can reach out to me too. I'm a stand-up comedian, as you know, and I'm doing a show on the 16th of October. So check out Lively Laughs if you fancy seeing me in real life. And I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch up next time. <laughs>